0: So, I get the privilege this morning to speak on We Value Worship. What is going off with my technology today? I just need to bring my note, which is paper and it doesn't move. (laughs) I'm all all good. (laughs) So, Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So what is true worship? What does it mean? It's not just our praise and our worship, although that is a part of it and it's fantastic. As you all know, I'm generally up and about and jumping and shouting And for me, that's just one of the... I just meet with Jesus every single time. I love it. And it's not just on a Sunday either. It's not just worship on a Sunday. But it's supposed to be our day-to-day living. It's our lifestyle. So I'm kind of going to bring you a bit of a challenge today, which I always like to do. And it's also a challenge for me. And quite often, (laughs) I realize that as I'm bringing... God's work the week before, I'm also very challenged, and if I'm honest, it's been pretty of a rubbish week this week, but God is so good, and he loves us, and he's for us, and quite often, we know we're going in the right direction when the enemy is not wanting us to say it. So, worship goes beyond praise, and this is just a couple of uh, people's um, Expression of their worship and and how they would describe it. So, the first one is worship is a continuous consciousness of God's presence and continuous response to God. Worship is the outpouring or overflowing of the whole being, spirit, soul, and body, under a sense of divine favor in the presence of God. So, just as Noel um, brought the word this morning, he says, We're body and we're soul. And I think so often it's so easy to kind of just get caught up in our physical realm and our physical world that we forget actually that we're more than that, that we are spiritual beings. And there's also that spiritual um, warfare that is going on as well that we can't see, but it is so evidently there, and it's being prepared for that all of the time. So the second one is, Worship is becoming aware of God's presence and responding to his presence with verbal or active expressions of love and devotion. So just, you know, for Mother's Day this morning as well, so my children were fantastic. So I've got flowers, um, a card, and they're making dinner for me. You're making dinner for me, Jess. <laughs> um, Should have been breakfast, but it's going to be dinner, but I'm still expecting it. But from from that, you know, it's not just about the singing, it's how do we express our love. You know, worship is a part of expressing our love for Jesus. And, you know, the more we spend time with him as well, And the more that we spend time with each other, you know, that love grows, doesn't it? Just as, you know, with husband and wife and with friendships, there's lots of different types of love. But we love each other more the more we spend time with each other. Hopefully, that's how it should be. (laughs) Amen. So, (laughs) number one. (laughs) We do. We do, Steve. It's all good. Jesus at the center and you'll always love each other more. (laughs) So, number one. Point One, sorry, worship changes the atmosphere. Yes. Have we ever noticed that? so I think you know just from today, worshipping you know sometimes it 's about it 's pushing in isn 't it it 's not just about the you know i 'm just going to do it because it 's part of routine and we sing songs and then we do notices and then it 's the offering, although we did mix it up a bit today, we did, and we did it the other way round, and then we praised again. But it's um, sorry, I looked completely lost where I was. But it does; it changes the atmosphere. There's something that happens in the spiritual realms when we praise, because that's what we were meant to do. So John four twenty four says, "God is spirit, the source of life, yet invisible to mankind. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth." So God created us for relationship with him. And when we live out a lifestyle of worship, our hearts align with his. And it's in that that we start and see the breakthrough. You know, quite often we don't want to look, actually, of what's going on in front of us. We're quite happy just kind of. and, And, you know, my natural will be I suppress everything down and I kind of shove it out the way and I just power on ahead. Whereas, actually, God wants us to look at it he wants us to know that actually and quite often when you know when we're a christian god puts things in front of us that in the natural are impossible you know just for the fact of us as a family finance and everything else getting to plymouth the house that we're living in quite often everything that we do is impossible in the natural but actually all god needs is lord i'm here send me and he makes that way and it's trusting and believing in him. So I'm just gonna read from Luke 7:35 um, onwards. So it says, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisees' house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisees' house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet who had invited him saw this, oh, sorry, that's completely wrong. Sorry. If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and that this kind of w- and who the kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people are owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him five hundred denarii, and the other fifty. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven Can you imagine the change of atmosphere in the room? <laughs> Sometimes, it, and again with the aligning of our hearts, it's that character and it's, and it's that judgment that we have of the flesh, because we all do it, we all judge. And it's that coming back and actually realizing You know, when we greet people on the streets, what is our attitude like? are we living a life of worship? You know, she didn't care what people thought. She recognized Jesus for who he was. She recognized that he was her savior. And she bowed down in reverence and utterly surrendered herself to him. But then on the flip side of that, can you imagine the revelation of Simon as well? And sometimes, you know, for me that's, it's felt well that sometimes God checks your heart, doesn't he? And, and you'll have one train of thought and then God will kind of put something in you like, ooh, sorry Lord. <laughs> and it's, it's being open to God in that. It's that constant relationship with him. The posture of worship is surrender now that's a hard one as well isn't it because and quite often Steve will say I like being right all the time (laughs) if it comes to uh, certain things I can be quite determined of actually no this is how it is this is what we need to do but the posture of worship is surrender it's living our life for him it's not about us and it's about him and sometimes that is really hard because it is that flesh, it's that daily, Lord, have my day today. Lord, speak through me. What do you want to say to me? You know, when we fall at the feet of Jesus and we surrender all, it can't help but change the atmosphere. When was the last time you sat at Jesus' feet? So point two, worship brings breakthrough. (laughs) Worship is my weapon. And I know Stephen's mentioned it before. (laughs) He knows when I'm in warfare because I'm in the kitchen, I can be praising. Alex is on full blast and I'm stomping my feet sometimes and I'm telling the enemy where he can go. (laughs) and from that again it changes the atmosphere but when we do this it, our focus as we praise God our focus goes onto God rather than on our situation and that's then when God can come in and fight for us because sometimes we hold on to it and we're like no nope. we can complain about it and we can sit in it but God's saying, give it to me, give it to me, praise in your worship, you know, when things get tough, what do you do? How do you fight your battles? And you just in, um, in the Bible as well, we often see that actually when people are actually going into physical battles, you know, the worship band went first. So when we live a lifestyle of worship, we break things in the spiritual realms and we start seeing beyond our natural eyes and we start seeing what God is doing, not what's in front of us, but what God is doing. So just in Hebrews 11 verse one, it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So what do you see? When you see um, and when you're in a battle, do you see the circumstances in front of you Or do you see what God sees? Do you confess the circumstances in front of you? Or do you confess what God says over you? That his banner over you is love. That he knows the plans and the purposes for your life. And that they are good. You know, worship makes the enemy flee. He hates it. You offend him. He can't stand it. When we get into God's presence... You know, it's amazing. The king that we worship is far greater than anything that may come against you. And then number three, is worship our lifestyle? When someone looks at us, what would they say our lifestyle was like um and it reminds me i'm not going to sing it but it reminds me (laughs) of david in the bible when he was bringing the ark of the Covenant. and uh, and uh sorry it's in 2 samuel 6 14 to 15 so it says wearing a linen ephod is it ephod ephod but anyway i'm assuming it's like underwear underpants underpants and i'm not telling you that this is what you need to do now but this is what king david did so <laughs> so it says david was dancing before the lord with all his might while he and all israel were bringing up the ark of the lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets and and the song that it reminds me of is i will dance even more undignified than this and i can remember doing it at, at school quite often as well uh, but I'm I'm really not going to do that, and my kids would not like me for it at all. Um, I embarrass them enough. <laughs> but um <laughs> but he knew who his savior was. He was doing it for Jesus. He wasn't doing it for the crowd around him. He was doing it for God, and God knew that. God even sen- said that he was a man after His own heart. Are we living out? God's word through revelation or just through knowing that that's what we should do. You know, because information informs, but revelation transforms. That actually when you have that revelation from God, our whole of why we do things completely shifts because it comes out of a place of love and of wanting to rather than Oh, I've got to go to church this Sunday because it says that I've got to do it. And I've got to give my tithes because it says that I've got to do it. And are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. But that's it. You know, our whole lives should be, Lord, what do you want me to do? We're created for him. Our lives are not our own. But within that, God gives us far more than what we could ever ask or imagine because he loves us. We're his children. He loves us and he wants the best for us. And actually, us living that life is the best life that we can be because it's, ha- it's what we were made for. And when we come from a place of revelation, it builds faith. It equips us for what lays ahead. But knowing God has already got the victory. And it's where our stance comes from. You know, Hebrews 4.12 says, For God's word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. What is your heart? Because everything that you do flows from it. What comes out? Have we still got a bit of bitterness in there? Or some unforgiveness? Unforgiveness? or some jealousy and you know we we're all going to have a bit of that because we're, we're human and that you know me included but it's that constantly it's that decision that actually Lord what you know you have the best for me you love them even if we're offended it doesn't harm the other person it harms ourself And actually, again, it's not for us to judge. It's for God to do that work in them. And it's leaving that with God. But saying, Lord, you have my heart. I don't want it to stop me from what you've got for me. But I want to be and do what you want me to do. It's humility. And obedience. And acting and living out what is asked of us. Are we living a life fully surrendered and submitted to the cross? Do we truly trust God that actually what he says is good and what he's got for us is good? What is our character like? What fruit do we have from what we are doing? I can always remember when I was a teenager, I think it was DC Talk, but it always stuck out for me and it says we are in the world but we're not of the world and that is so true and there's always, always while we're on on earth there is going to be this pull of, of temptation and of the flesh as well but I always found that when you give everything to God you kind of stick out like a sore thumb and actually some people really don't like you for no reason at all but just for the fact that it's like you're not going to go along with what they want you to go along. And quite often, I really believe that that's why, you know, I was on my own at school, that I got bullied at school because actually I wasn't going to do what they wanted me to do and I wasn't going to go behind the bike shed and smoke or I wasn't going to go and do this because I'd met with Jesus and I didn't want to. And it's also it's it's about not. Um, what do I mean? Don't settle for second best. Don't do it just because everyone else is doing it. Because God's got far better for you. And actually, you standing up and saying, "Lord, I'm going to follow you," is far better. And you get so much more from it. Just from. Yeah, giving it to to Jesus. So. I just want to read out romans 12 verse 1 to 2 from the message but then alex would you mind um sorry coming up (laughs) and i really just kind of wanted as well just as we sing a song at the end or as we worship at the end i just want you if you feel that you want to just come to the front and just as um a sign of recommitment to God, of just surrendering everything down and saying, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. Is there anything in your hearts that you want to give back to God? It may be, Lord, just come and have your way in me. But I want to challenge you this morning. Where are you in your walk with God? Do you know what he's got for you? Do you know where you're going? Or are you just kind of muddling in life? Because, you know, God has got a life of a... a of adventure for you. That is what he wants for you. He wants to show you how much he loves you and what he's got for you. So just like the woman in the Bible, that she knew that if she just touched the hem of Jesus' garment, that she would be healed. Sometimes we need that faith. We need to push through and be determined. So if you want to come to Jesus this morning, then when Alex starts playing in a minute when I sit down, do come up to the front. That's your time to do and just to give everything to God. But I'm just going to read Romans 12 from the message. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. and develops well informed maturity in